1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic and Aberdeen face disciplinary action from the footballing authorities After recent coronavirus breaches Volleyball and Golly and the Aberdeen 8 are also in line to face individual punishments And Hearts hit out at the decision to stop them training I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me in the studio Daryl Broadfoot and Hugh Keevans Ball and Golly and the Aberdeen 8 deserve all that's coming their way By their actions they made a mockery of the NHS workers Who have been battling for the last six months to help contain a deadly virus And Aberdeen are right to fine the 8 players as they have done today And give the money to the NHS That's what Celtic should do with Ball and Golly as well But I think the clubs are being harshly treated if they are dealt with too severely What are they supposed to do after rigidly adhering to the COVID-19 protocols? Keep the players under house arrest I'll make it very, very simple. What odds on us getting to football anytime soon in the next two hours? <laughs> None at all. <laughs> I was going to say, Hugh Keevens, this might be a first for me. Uh, I've been here a few years now, and on a Friday night, I'm not sure the three headlines have ever been read out without any mention of the games that are going to follow uh, this weekend. So we, we won't neglect them completely, no. uh, but we have to read the room. I think it's fairly obvious what's on people's minds. But yeah. once we get that... Uh, out the way It's going to be good to look forward To some actual football On the pitch For a lot of people We have ceased to be About football The whole business Is a legal matter now uh, And I do understand We live in extraordinary times I do understand That Ball and Golly And the Aberdeen 8 Were bang out of order They should be dealt with um, But we're moving into Dangerous waters These clubs are paying a fortune The likes of Aberdeen and Celtic Are paying a fortune To have players properly tested They have their Biosecure Bubbles They are doing everything within their power The actions of the nine players Are inexplicable But how are the clubs supposed to legislate For somebody like Ball and Golly Who disappears to Malaga for 24 hours Listen, Sadly for the clubs There is no remedy or rule That would absolutely make sure That common sense is applied mm. by Employees who become civilians When they leave that training mm. ground well, don't worry, I'm sure we'll test a few of those uh, theories over the next couple of hours 01419511025 And if you would like to talk about what's going to happen on the field this weekend We would more than welcome that as well Big games to look forward to, so why not get in touch with your thoughts on that And of course today's breaking news 01419511025 And Twitter at ClydeSSB Let's try and, and, and sort of break it down relatively simply So Bolly Ball and Golly plus the Aberdeen 8 As they've now become known The worst boy band name in history uh, They've been charged under basically the Scottish FA's existing disciplinary code You've all heard this before Compliance officer, notice of complaint That type of thing So Rule 71 basically bringing the game into disrepute Rule 24, again, basically not complying with the articles, laws of the game, the rules, procedures, regulations, bylaws and decisions of the Scottish FA. Now, what that could mean for them, well, suspensions, perhaps two matches, I think, is the minimum. I'm glad Daryl's here because he can correct me on all of this stuff. Uh, rising, perhaps, to more matches. Um, what is slightly different this time, though, is it's the SPFL, not the Scottish FA, the SPFL that's opened separate disciplinary proceedings Against the clubs Against Aberdeen and Celtic For alleged breaches of its Covid rules Have I said anything no, out, 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 out I'll of just, I'll a, just leave now <laughs> oh, no, no, Job well done We're going to need you between now 
and eight yeah, o'clock. You, you, you were right. The the SPFL rules came in. They are COVID specific rules, requirements of of testing and, and, and regulation, and so alleged breaches um, become part of the SPFL's new COVID specific regulation. Scottish FA has already had, as you said, the judicial panel protocol that looks after player misconduct, whether on or off the field. See, listen, you think we do this, this by accident Daryl's here because he knows this stuff And by the way, that doesn't mean you have to agree with him You can disagree with him until your heart's content uh, but I can disagree with him as well but, but, uh, I mean, it's clearly an open and shut case Where Ball and Golly and the Aberdeen players are concerned They have not a leg to stand on And therefore, whatever comes their way They will deserve that punishment But I think with the clubs Now, it's acknowledged that Scottish football has tried very, very hard And the clubs are spending a lot of money protecting public health and their own players and staff uh, I repeat if Bolingoli who's told by Neil Lennon as every other Celtic player was told by Neil yeah. Lennon do not leave Glasgow on your day off if he then dressed in the finest designer gear available to man and you know making no attempt to make himself conspicuous flies off to Malaga and comes back Within 24 hours I mean How is Neil Lennon Or anyone else at Celtic Supposed to legislate for that Would you welcome though A spotlight being Being put there To find out If Aberdeen and Celtic Have done everything And by the way I, I have no reason to believe That they haven't But mm. I, I suspect That you don't know For sure either well, Yeah 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 I, By all means Let's have transparency But These clubs Within the confines Of their grounds And their Training facilities are doing everything in their power to conform to the COVID-19 protocols. Daryl, you mentioned this being COVID-specific and it is something new f- for us to get our head around, really, because when we have these types of debates in, in Scottish football, we-, we don't tend to have clubs being punished for the actions of individuals, whether that be individual players or indeed individual fans, as we've seen in the past. That doesn't tend to end in punishment towards clubs but this is, is this, no, this is but, new. But, but it's important to, to separate the two. So the, the Scottish FA disciplinary um, charges are specific to players and the SPFL's one's mm-hmm. specific to the clubs and it's not because of what the players did. It's breaches of that COVID-19 protocol, the undertaking of the requirements and testing regulations. So I don't want to prejudge it, but it's not a double jeopardy. It's not the players have done it and so we'll punish you for what the players have done. Though They are separate. Investigations and disciplinary procedures On what the players did Within the, the, the Scottish FA rules And what steps the clubs took To mitigate or to ensure That the protocols were, were adhered to Okay so by the the fact that we're in this position today Does that mean there's already a suggestion That Aberdeen and Celtic Haven't fulfilled those protocols Or is this about finding out? Not necessarily What, what you have now are Covid specific rules And when you have Eight Aberdeen players And one Celtic player um, Allegedly Breach the, the, the players rules It's natural that you then have to look at What the clubs have done So it's, it's without prejudice But if you have a newly um, created rule You have to then measure mm. that rule Against what if you it, see Dad, Let me ask you If the clubs are responsible for Being biosecure At the Cormac Centre For Aberdeen yep. Lennox Town for Celtic Petaudry and Celtic Park To what extent are they responsible for players who are walking down Union Street or Argyle Street? And this is the beauty of these hearings. You will have aggravating factors and mitigating factors. And I've got no doubt that the clubs will use the heavy mitigation on this is what we've done. These are the rules that we've adhered to to get football back on. And you're right, it's the point at which an employee, let's pretend it's not football, an employee leaves 
his or her place of work and becomes a civilian. That's the most galling part of what's happened in, in the Aberdeen situation. It's not within the training ground. It's as civilians, they elected to go to a bar in breach of the mm. government guidelines. And and just a bit, bit of a backstory, the JRG was set up initially to guide and support and steer clubs to compliance. It wasn't a, a punishment or it wasn't a kind of disciplinary wing. It was there to help clubs through this ridiculously unseen time where things were happening fast. The, the need to get football back on, but the need for rules to... To, to, to be put together to ensure clubs can comply mm. testing protocols for example once first minister says football has a yellow card once Jason Leach the national clinical director says that his confidence in the protocols and adherence by clubs and players um, is no longer there that's a change that's a watershed moment for football and that's why these alleged breaches have to be have to be taken seriously because government need to see that Scottish football is serious about making sure that before they open up to championship and grassroots adult football that players in particular understand hmm. there can be no dubiety about what the clubs are telling them there's a lot to pick through here 0141 we've got Hearts part in all this as well lots to get to so let's speak to Jerry he was first through in co-winning how's it going Jerry? Hi Dan uh, yeah I'm okay thanks um, I was on the show uh, I was on the show Saturday night and I said at the time I thought that, you know, I was very harsh with regards to the, the players who broke the rules, the Aldean players. I thought they should be sacked. Obviously, that was before ball and ball and golly. Um, I don't, I want to take that back because I don't want anyone to lose their jobs. And I agree that from now on there should be some serious issues or serious consequences for the players. But these rules should have been put in place beforehand. That That's the major issue. Why did the SPFL, the SFP not have these protocols in place before the season began. It didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that maybe just one football at the very least would break the, the lockdown protocols. Uh, and so it happened. Um, on a separate issue, there are a lot of Rangers Jerry, fans... Just, just, that... just on that point, Jerry, the protocols have been in place long before the season started. Mm. No, I think maybe Jerry's talking about the fact that we've now got this this prospect of punishment, You know, whether it be a three-game ban, a five-game ban, and throwing those figures out there, that, that now... Is staring players in the face Has that always been there? Why is that not Yeah, come... Scottish FA rules are, are, are So that was always far. a possibility yeah, yeah. And, that... and the protocols to, to, to be specific about it The protocols on returning to training And returning to playing Have been put in place Long before the Premier mm. In fact They were a condition Of Scottish football starting again Where's the where's the breakdown here And I appreciate that this is We are getting quite vague So if you're the Aberdeen players I assume They are not sitting In that pub saying oh, We could face a six game ban for this But we probably won't so, you know, where's the, where's the breakdown there? Was it was it clear enough to everyone involved? In a pub? Well, let, let's Well, put, that's what I was going to say. That's a different issue, isn't it? That's your civilian problem. None of us none of us can do that. But but it's a good point. You and, and the phrase when in a biosecure bubble, that doesn't give you immunity to come out of your football bubble which is protected by the testing regime. So the twice weekly testing, that is and the stadium configuration and the training ground configuration. That's your biosecure bubble. That's a phrase that shows the testing and the access and egress and all the things, the showerhead numbers, make that football environment secure. It is not a magic pill that allows you to go and say, I'm biosecure, and go into what looked like the busiest pub in Aberdeen and think, I'm all right, I'm immune from the hmm. dozens of people I, I who are clamouring in here. I don't think anyone disputes that. Uh, your point, Gordon, I think, is that the players are saying, what? 
a eight game ban if that's what happens. And by the way, I'm just, I, I don't, I, I've no idea what the punishment yeah. would be, and we shouldn't really prejudge it. I was just kind of thrown out but there as an example. Whatever the punishment. Does it not, though, Gordon? Actually, needs to be told. Jerry, the first, Jerry, 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 as a as a civilian, the first minister comes on television every day, alongside the national clinical director or whomever is most relevant that day. The football authorities send almost a daily update. There's web hubs for the grassroots game and for the professional game and the teams to make sure that their players are educated. Jason Leach went back on a Zoom call well, last then, week. Darryl, if a player goes out to a pub, uh, let's just say, for example, Odson Edward goes to a pub, are Celtic going to get deducted three points? There, there's no, there's no uh, mention of points deduction at all. I, I really, it will not come to points deduction. The players will be dealt with individually under the SFA code, bringing the game into disrepute effectively. The SPFL will rightly, in the interest of transparency, investigate whether Aberdeen and Celtic did all in their power within the COVID-19 protocols. Um, but there's absolutely no suggestion of points being deducted. You go along with that, Daryl. That's the that's the bit that gets fans really going. It seems if if our phone lines or our Twitter feeds are anything to go by, every every other response is well, just they forfeit the points yeah. for the games yeah. that they can't play. Listen, it's an interesting point. For, forfeiture. You forfeit a game if you cannot fulfil your fixtures. Now the recent postponements were not because the clubs could not fulfil their fixtures; they were not allowed to fulfil their fixtures because of well the alleged breaches, but also an outbreak in Aberdeen. And the fact that Bolingoli decided to go to a quarantine country, not tell anybody, and go among his teammates. So forfeiture is the failure to fulfil your fixtures. That's that's not the case with, with these ones. It's, it's probably worth spending a couple of minutes looking at the context of this. Today, First Minister's saying that the R rate could be above one, the point at which it gets tricky for the country. You've got five countries added to the quarantine list, tens of thousands of people told you've got 30 hours to get back of your isolating for 14 days we've had a, an update yesterday that is the equivalent of missing training for a week before a season starts in October the 6th anecdotally and this is a serious point I live north of Glasgow drove down to my local restaurant yesterday and on the way down I saw a group of youth footballers on a public park with one coach breaching the guidelines on the way back up there's an 11-a-side pitch full of adults playing football, 11-a-side, half of them wearing bibs. People are not taking it seriously. And once you open up Pandora's box, it's difficult to put it back in. That's why football's had to take it seriously, and because people are not taking it seriously enough and breaching the rules on a, on a regular basis. And in our extremely simple world here, those who are calling for points to be forfeited, when it happens to their club... They will scream the place down If there's any suggestion Of points being forfeited Well let's bring in Liam Who's a Celtic fan in Coatbridge What do you make of it Liam? Hiya um, I feel that whatever um, Decision is made It's the right decision Whether it's points deduction Or a huge fine But I think also Everybody's Having a go at ball and golly But why is nobody challenge Neil Lennon? Because If Neil Lennon doesn't give the two days off He doesn't go to Spain Hold on a second, Liam. You are distorting this whole topic. How can Neil Lennon do anything other than address the players as he did do and say, listen, do not leave Glasgow. Day off, do not leave Glasgow. So how can Neil Lennon 
be in any way guilty here Footballers are employees They're not prisoners You can't yeah. electronically tag footballers to make sure I mean they might have in the, in, in the olden days Been able to use the phones And Sir Alex Ferguson knew where everybody was But you can't tag footballers to make sure that you know where their Every movement is 24 hours I a day I have been listening to this programme all week And I've heard people come on and say That their passports should be confiscated And held by the club I've heard people say that on their day off Players should be required to email the club to explain where they are Liam They are human beings They have rights like you and me And that stuff does not happen I mean Liam I'm about to contradict myself here Because I feel like we draw on mad analogies on this show too often But I'll do it anyway Wherever you work Liam if, if you have the day off And you then go and do something you shouldn't on the day off It's not your boss's fault for giving you the day off is it? I'm not saying it's anyone's fault but if he doesn't give them the two days off after the first game back, it doesn't happen. You're telling me that no manager should ever give players the day off? I'm not saying that, but after the first game back, what was the reason for them having the two days well, off? Listen, if you don't, give them, you, you don't you, give them the two days off, it doesn't go to Spain. It's well, an interesting point. Players have rights, you know, through PFA. Players are entitled to days off just as yeah. you and I have. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I think Liam's maybe though Sort of bringing in the football element As to why did they need the days off anyway Now they're clearly The, the link maybe isn't as As, as strong there as, as Liam thinks it is But that would just, That's just a footballing yeah, but, decision but, for Neil Lennon It's neither here nor there really but, Why? Honestly we're moving into Alice in Wonderland territory now You know <laughs> I mean why did he give them a day off? You know the, the player has been guilty of the most grotesque Misbehaviour in the current climate to go to a country uh, Where he should have come back And quarantined himself for a fortnight Not tell him He was arrogant He was deceitful But What's Neil Lennon and giving the players a day off Got to do with this? Liam, thanks for getting in touch If you're off tomorrow Just make sure you behave yourself That was Liam and Cope Bridge 01419511025 Hearts After we came off air last night Issued a statement I've said that a few times over the summer But they're not happy They've not been able to continue their training uh, If any Hearts fans out there Any interested neutral If there's such a thing Observers, get in touch Let us know what you make of that We'll look at the Hearts part in this next you are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Daryl Broadfoot and Hugh Evans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. It's 0141-951-1025. I will ask again if you want to talk about what's happening on the pitch. Brilliant. Let's do that at some point. Please get your calls in. Uh, but of course, lots of you feeling very strongly about today's news regarding disciplinary action potentially for Celtic, for Aberdeen and for the players involved in those breaches uh, Hearts of course are a major part of this as well They issued a statement late last night When we were on air yesterday we told you That as part of uh, the new guidelines brought in Anything below the Premiership uh, can't train at the moment Hearts had already started training So they've been asked or told um, to cease training I think it's April, uh, August the 24th if my memory serves me right So they had been back about a week I think um, and now they're going to have to pause And as you would expect Hearts not too happy at all uh, Issuing a statement last night Hugh We don't do Sympathy across the board That doesn't That no. just doesn't happen no. in Scottish football What I've detected though Is pretty much most people Most people Feel From the outside looking in That that's a little bit harsh on Hearts Would you agree? Uh, I think so um, You know Would it hurt Some vast eternal plan if Hearts were just allowed to keep on training, you know, um, 
perfectly certain that Anne Budge uh, has all the COVID-19 protocols in place. They've started, it's like Magnus Magnuson, they've started so they could finish. Uh, I think it's a bit harsh on them. I know there's a, a, a social media outrage because Hull City are in Edinburgh training there. But we, the SFA or the SPFL, have no jurisdiction over Hull City. So long as they are obeying the COVID-19 protocols, they can train in Edinburgh. But harsh on hearts. So there's a, a grievance culture at hearts now and you can understand some of it Darrell what would, would your take on that be Because you're, you're obviously very across the protocols And you've exp- explained them very clearly But just on a, on a purely human level if you like For a group of people who've been allowed to go back to training And who feel like they are doing everything that they can And in fact who haven't actually as far as I know Been told that they're not doing everything right To now be told that they have to stop training Is it unfair? Um, I, I can see from Hart's point of view why it feels unfair and I think that depth of feeling is fueled by the sense of injustice at the way in which they were relegated from the Premiership. I keep saying perceptions, everything. So the perception is it's another kick for Hearts. The reality, and I go back to FM taken to the lectern to say Scottish football's on a yellow card. Add to that, Jason Leach, the current system is not working as intended and does not give me the confidence I need that the protocols are being followed. To, so, play, to play the game of Alice in Wonderland... The first minister's husband's a Hibs fan. <laughs> oh, don't, don't start. Come on. <laughs> but put the other way, if, and let's be honest, Scottish football was staring at two rounds of fixtures going until Scottish football said, that's not a wise decision. We understand that the Aberdeen outbreak and, and the Bollingoli episode mean that certain games have to go, but we need to give you assurance and things that we will do to give Jason Leach that confidence. That included the temporary pausing. Of football from Premiership uh, Sorry from Championship Including all adult football You had Wraith Rovers um, Greenock Morton And I think Air United Who have gone through the same testing regime And committed to starting training next week So to take Hugh's point on fairness Could you have said To Wraith Rovers and Greenock Morton Sorry we're having to pause this To give people the comfort that they need To make sure that this message gets through So you can't train but Hearts, because they've already been training, can. Would that be any harder to swallow for them than this is for Hearts, though? But it becomes messy. It was already messy, though. Yeah, but but it's messy. Because, and again, uh, to go back the way, Hearts were allowed to train for a couple of reasons. They they were subject to arbitration, but also... So they thought they maybe were going to be in the Premiership, premiership is what but you But notwithstanding that, okay. that, committed to the testing procedures. They wanted to test and train. And so long as they can comply with that, they were fine. Mm. Every other club was invited to do that as well. But 12, 13, 14 weeks out from a new season Clubs thought that's that's too soon So now 9 weeks out Clubs are starting to think We want to get back training I don't think you can be half in half out with that The only stipulation was Glasgow City Because they have a UEFA fixture So while I sympathise or empathise with, with Hearts The reality is when the First Minister And the Clinical Director say They need confidence and you're on a yellow card You cannot risk this week opening up training and having an inadvertent yellow card that cancels the whole thing. Okay, we'll revisit that Glasgow City point in just a second, but I do want to bring in Kenny, who's a Hearts fan from Airdrie. How does this make you feel, Kenny? Uh, gobsmacked, to be honest, evening, guys. Uh, Hi, Kenny. Totally... Hi, uh, uh, Daryl and Hugh. Hope you're well, guys, and Gordon. Thank you, uh, Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm totally gobsmacked by the whole scenario. I mean, even as Daryl's mentioned there about Glasgow City are allowed to train still because they've got a, a European game. Is, is Hearts not got a 
Premier semi-final coming up for the Scottish Cup. You know, but, that, but that's <laughs> after the that's after their league comes back. That will be end of October. They've got Betfred and and league matches before then. Aye, but I'm just trying to be fair, Daryl. You know what I mean? Is but so do the rest. So do Rafe you know, Rovers and Air United and all the teams who are wanting to come back training. Next well, week. look, Kenny's talking about Scottish Cup, which they don't have. But you're talking about the timing. You don't think that's an issue because it's. I think it is. Somebody can tell me the. No, the, the Scottish Cup the semis. I think that's what Kenny. That's what you were on about, wasn't it, Kenny? The uh, Scottish Cup semis. I mean, October thirty first and in, in November the first. Yeah. So that's after the league starts. You know, if we were in a, a, a season, Daryl and uh, Hart, who I don't know, probably the the richest club in the championship. Uh, if they were able to buy players and nobody else had the money to buy players, you wouldn't stop them buying players because. They were out on their own having money And it, you know it, As I say If they had started training And they are following It's not about players It's mm. about compliance With the protocols to get back And other clubs Were about to initiate that Next week yeah. When football needed to pause To keep the government In confidence Is it is it the joint response group's Role Remit Responsibility To worry about Sporting fairness Is that is that what you're saying This is about Because Again, you know, you've mentioned how how can, how, I, I, how can we let sporting integrity has become a bit of a default um, cliche. But so, the, so the we... point I'm trying to make is, if it's if it's supposedly gross, how, how is it so unfair on Morton Air? Who was the other team you mentioned? So Morton Air United and Wraith Rovers. So if if this had been flipped in its head and they were told, look, Hearts have already committed a lot of money and been part of the the protocols for a long time, so they're able to continue, and you're going to have to wait for a couple of weeks. W- would how would that have been over the top unfair? Listen, the problem in Scottish football is that lawyers hold sway now. So if you're preventing some people from doing what others can, yeah, fair, I get that. You, you're on a hiding to nothing. Kenny, on you go. Daryl, Daryl, listen. Hearts were asked by the SFA he's want to start training, so they put in procedure which they've been bulled for twice this week for doing the COVID test twice. Yep. And they were asked Do you want to train And, and they said yes So that was all happy and good yep. Now Hearts have took everybody off of furlough And signed players onto contracts How is it fair that all of a sudden Because you can't go back on furlough So how, how is that fair I mean that's why it feels like a smack in the teeth to me The furlough points So they've been training already um, and, and you're right Hearts wanted to train in the well, firstly, in the event that if they if retained their premiership status, they didn't want a competitive advantage. I completely get that, and it's the right thing to do. The furlough point, it's interesting because again, Hearts were due, and this was part of the the, the, the conversation. Hearts were due. Uh, I think they were going to go on holiday August the twenty second until the thirtieth. So that's eight days off. And the common sense approach, if it wasn't for the fact that I get the persecution element. If the club wanted a week off, why not flip your holidays? And I get that it's not as perfect as that, but nobody's going to be flying abroad. Flip the holiday to next week, and so all you miss is one day's training. I presume that Hearts knew that they were having a week off 22nd to 30th provisionally, and that's not affecting the the, the furlough principle that, that, that you'd mentioned. On Glasgow City's point, and Kenny makes it, so the the details that, that were revealed yesterday, Darrell, Glasgow City can continue to train yep. in preparation for their UEFA Women's Champions League tie against Wolfsburg, 21st of August. They will be visited to audit and verify compliance. Would it have been such a stretch to just do that with Hearts if, if, if you've got those fears? Because as you mentioned, it is, there are risks here. We're on a yellow, but, but, we don't but want a no red. Issue over, with Hearts, it's not an issue of compliance. It's you need to give a pause so that you don't then say to others, 
We know we said you can go back but you can't And run the risk of a yellow card triggering a second red So this week is about pausing training for a week With a season nine weeks away To make sure that the message is re-emphasised That whether it's Ian Maxwell or Neil Doncaster Goes to their constituents and say Please heed the warning We need to make sure that we are absolutely clear Mm. here I gave you the analogy last night For all of it, people still don't listen But Scottish football can't have a situation where It wanders into a second yellow And it's shut down And then the recrimination would start You were warned by the First Minister You were warned by the National Clinical Director And you still went ahead Mm. with it Because as unfair as it sounds You look at the means that the Premiership clubs have The TV money More staff than the rest When you start to go down the divisions The resource becomes more of a stretch And that becomes a bigger risk How can you be sure that the COVID officer And the compliance will be As specific Mm. and as detailed As the Premiership When bluntly Celtic and Aberdeen's players As soon as they're out the training ground There have been issues I think it's a risk That wasn't worth taking And, And speaking to a few of the medics today It is the right thing to do It might not feel like it for certain people It might not feel like it for a A grassroots 17 year old who or, or 19 year old Who wants to go out in the park With five of his mates That's the price you have to pay Because otherwise There'd have been two rounds Of fixtures cancelled And perilously close to shutdown mm. uh, Thank you very much Kenny Hopefully you enjoy the football When it eventually comes back I'm sure we'll speak to you Before then Rob is a Rangers fan From Lark Hall How's it going tonight Rob? Yeah thanks panel I'm really really good Good to hear you're all Keeping well and safe Especially yeah. old Shuggier He's a national treasure <laughs> he's, he's been called worse I can confirm that <laughs> no doubts um, Before I make my point panel Just a quick one um, I don't want Celtic or Aberdeen Punished In terms of points um, Can we go I, over this point thing? The points are red herring Let Rob continue before first you start, Before you start It's good to listen sometimes And no talk um, <laughs> A lesson I need to learn You better believe it I don't want pubs uh, Punished in terms of points And the reason being because I'm a Rangers fan, and in terms of sport and integrity and whatever else, if my club won the, won the league this, this season, I'd like them to win it and merit. I'd like them to win it and, and merit, and the fact that everybody is on board in terms of points, okay? So I don't want to go see clubs being deducted points. But my point being is, um, earlier on, Hugh, despite being a national treasure, um, I take issue with you, Hugh, in the fact that clubs shouldn't be fined. Now, when clubs, football fans go to Europe... They're not responsible for fans and what they do. And I say clubs, I'm not mentioning teams' names because there's a lot of clubs involved in it. When clubs go to Europe and the fans go to Europe and they cause havoc, clubs are actually fined. Now, clubs are actually responsible for players, which is a bit different. So players' actions should actually be relevant in clubs being fined, don't you think? Uh, I said that I hope the clubs would not be dealt with too severely. I didn't mention uh, that I was opposed to fines. If they get fined... That's the way it is. I've no opposition to, to fines. I just think that taking each case on its merits here, if Celtic play a game, the manager gives the players a couple of days off and issues a specific instruction, do not leave Glasgow. And if everything else with regard to COVID-19 is in order in terms of the biosecure bubble, one player takes that instruction and forgets all about it and goes off and as I say, he is arrogant, he is deceitful and he endangered the health of his teammates. Mm -hmm. But I really don't know the extent of Celtic's culpability. You know, they've they've been told, do not leave Glasgow. 
Celtic are adhering to all of the protocols But this one individual goes rogue Should the club really be dealt with that severely Under those circumstances, Rob? I genuinely think so, Hugh As I say, because it's easy enough for Hello? And I actually think it's quite unfair sometimes That clubs are actually fined for fans' actions um, Bear in mind though Rob And this is a whole separate point We could do another show on it You're right to talk about that happening in UEFA competition But that, that actually doesn't happen here The other point I wanted to make as well Is it's, um, with regards to players actually um, Going out a secure bubble um, You made a point about um, players Maybe going to Argyle Street And whatever else or Union Street Yeah that's actually pretty easy to manage At the end of the day I'd actually, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, curb players For actually going into Glasgow And, and whatever else but going to Spain is a different matter. Now, we've been restricted the last three or four months by the government and actually going on holiday. We've been told we can't go to Spain. I've been personally affected my family. So we've pretty much had our passports being taken off us in some respects. So I don't understand why players' passports can't be taken off them because the only time players go abroad is when they go on holiday or when they go to Europe to play football. So I don't understand why um, players' passports can't actually be subject to the club's actual well, rules. Well, uh, uh, human rights. Yeah, uh, you know, it was common practice, uh, as you say, I am at the age to be a national treasure. It, it was common practice when Jockstein was miser of Celtic that all the players had to lodge their passports with the club. However, that was back in the 1960s. We are now millennium children and... It, it simply will not be allowed to happen Now the players have human rights And this includes being able to hold on to your own passport It includes not having to email or text the club To tell them where you are at any given point So there's no reason why The Celtic players or the Aberdeen players Or Rangers players or anybody's players Cannot hold on to their own passport They are being asked by Nicola Sturgeon to accept responsibility for themselves. Bolly Ball and Golly did not do that and therefore deserves all he gets. I mean, Rob, Rob you, you actually made the comparison there though, you know, with yourself and you said in some ways you've had your passport taken away, but you haven't and then the situation should just be the same. You've still got your passport in your underwear drawer or wherever you keep it, it's up to you, but you don't use it if it's unless you're going to quarantine when you come back. Why would that be any different for Ball and Golly or anyone else? In all honesty, my passport's actually expired, so I couldn't go and hell and hold anyway, guys. But there you go, we found it in the last minute. Um, <laughs> but I mean, in essence, I just think um, the fact that players they don't go abroad during. Uh, I don't think it, they don't go abroad during maybe two or three days um, break. Normally, I don't think so. Anyway, so but I'm not going to blame Bowling Golly. At the end of the day, it's his actions, and, they, uh, and he'll have he'll suffer repercussions. I don't think he should be sacked because everybody's got a livelihood, he's got a family to look after, and whatever else. If I have to a Rangers player, I'd say the exact same thing. The club should be fined because the club should actually be managing their players better. Listen, the, the, the world's a different place now. I've I've heard stories of of a couple of players getting on a private jet and going to Vegas for the weekend. Because the, the money, the disposable income such so Hamilton Aki's players are Well, maybe no. not Maybe not um, No offence Hamilton It was just the one that There's a few to bits mind. that need to be unwrapped Footballers must adhere to the government guidance So Ball and Golly breached government quarantine rules Not football rules That was a kind of secondary breach He breached the government's own quarantine guidelines And that that is the biggest um, issue that, that that's faced Celtic at the moment Because obviously The way the testing works while they have tested negatively 
the infection or the potential for, for infection is a 14-day period. So while they might be negative now, if it wasn't for that 14 days, then they would be taking a risk that the clinical director doesn't want to take. The points thing, I get there's going to be a recurring theme. That's not on the table. That's not within the gift of the SPFL rules. So we need to park points deductions. Good luck. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's been rumbling on all week. And, and, and the final point is strict liability. UEFA have strict liability. Scottish football doesn't. So the clubs have allegedly breached, not because of the players, but the requirements and, and testing mm. regulations that are in place. That's a separate thing. And it may be proven that they haven't done that, but the rule's there and they have to go through the process. Darrell Broadfoot alongside Hugh Keevans tonight. Robin Larkall, thank you very much. If you get that passport renewed and you head off anywhere nice, I uh, hope you enjoy yourself. This is the perfect time to get in touch. Travel with Stephen and you could be next. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Daryl Broadfoot here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard and I mean it's a Friday night so it's always a pretty special time of the week the sun is shining but it's an extra special day in the Keevans household and he's chosen to spend it with you and I, Darrell I think that says a lot about Janet's view on the anniversary well, uh, How many years today? 49 49 years Yeah wow. Summonings a, I was a child braid <laughs> uh, Janet deserves a medal, I think it goes oh, without saying A bit of trivia for him, what do you reckon? 49 years ago 49 years ago, what was the number one record oh, when you were taking your nuptials? Well, I'm going to leave that to him 1971 The Beatles split up by then So I'm ruling them out <laughs> That's so long ago Some uh-huh. people call you A dinosaur Hugh uh-huh. There's a clue Oh is it T-Rex? Oh. Mark Bowen Yep Get it on Oh yeah There but for a couple right, of weeks okay was that, was that the first dance? No we did a, a wee trio Alright My, 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 black, uh, my uh, wedding pictures are black and white <laughs> because, uh, Truly They're all black and white There was no colour then uh, And we did a little trio You know Guy in the drums and a guitar player and some other guy. Uh, so there was no such thing as your first dance. Then you know those written in stone. Picked the right day because the the week either side of it you could have had Benny Hill or Middle of the Road. Oh goodness! Well, Sally, Sally Carr. Uh, I remember her coming up to our house once after a Radio Clyde do. Gordon's on down. I know. I have no idea we're on about. Sorry. And, uh, my three children were. Young then, and they'd, I could. This is going on midnight, and they all sneaked out of bed to have a look at the pop star <laughs> sitting in the living room. <laughs> right, very quickly, because we've not managed to give as much attention to Twitter because there's so many calls, but I need these answers to be quite brief. Brian wants something cleared up. I was at Harry at what yesterday? Hull FC were there in training. That's the same place as Hearts. Don't understand this. Okay. Hull. No, no jurisdiction? No, not Scottish football jurisdiction. Orium, commercial organisation, doing a deal so long as they comply with government guidelines. Yeah. Uh, Wati is on Says the panel expertly I, I suspect he's been sarcastic uh, Go on about players Human rights With regards to passports But it's okay For the player's employer To order them not To leave a certain city Is that not a breach Of human rights no. I would guess It was probably more of a A guideline Than a warning I don't know Yeah I mean They are trying to look after The safety of their players And by so doing uh, Look after public health In general And uh, Ball and golly Simply disregarded all of that And did whatever he liked uh, Donny's on the phone How's it going Donny? How's it going alright? Yeah not bad at all What have you got for us? Uh, basically guys Just to your thoughts on this But uh, I, I, I think it's fair to say That the clubs Probably shouldn't be held responsible For what the Aberdeen out And Bowling Goal did But what my concern is That when the league Eventually gets round To playing these games That they've missed Are they going to have to play them Under 
the restrictions that's currently now. So does you know, that mean that the Celtic and Aberdeen play the games in, under closed doors? Or if, if by the time they get to play them and their fans are all back in, would that see them kind of currently maybe benefiting from the situation? Well, I mean, really. Well, we, we, to be we, fair, though, I can tell you're about to shoot this down. And yeah. I, I, but you, you can see. <laughs> what makes you think that? <laughs> but you can see why these questions are arising, Hugh, because what we've got is two worlds colliding. We've got health concerns and sporting concerns, and they're, they're colliding, and people are now saying. Will this team be without ex-players or not? Should the player Craig Gray is making a similar point on Twitter? How is it fair that when the fixture comes around, these players are now free to play in it? Will they benefit from home advantage? We've got relevant a, questions. We've got uh, no wonder Daryl spoke earlier about lawyers running the game now. Uh, we've got an obsession now with ah, but you know, I mean, we've got a congested fixture list of domestic games, European games, international matches. We'll be very, very lucky uh, to to finish this season, given all the the fixture congestion that's coming ahead. Now, if by the time Aberdeen go to Celtic Park, crowds are allowed back in, and I suspect not very many people are allowed back in, that's just the way it is. Celtic and Aberdeen didn't plan it that way. They have been overtaken by circumstances. I mean, I fail to see what difference it makes Behind closed doors Or a few thousand people there I fail to see what well, difference it makes It won't make a difference Or it might make a difference to the outcome the, the, the point I was going to make is If you can get to a point when that fixture's replayed And there are fans You try telling a fan of the home team That despite the fact they're allowed back in Despite the fact they've paid six, five, four hundred pounds for a season ticket They can't go back in Because the game was originally scheduled And we're behind closed mm. doors oh. You have to We're going out of our way to Why look not? for problems now Donny, what do you think that would be a concern. Well, I do because it's okay. It's not the club's fault, but the reality of the matter is they would have had to play that game, and surely they had to play the game under the circumstances they would have. If it wasn't for these players, and it is these players, it's not the clubs. Well, do you think it's supposing it's supposing Donny that the fixture was scheduled to take place uh, in the early days of August in the sunshine? Supposing it's raining or snowing, should it not go ahead then? Yeah, that's mad. That's not no, the no, I, I don't think it's any more well, mad than what you've just well, said. It's uncontrollable, though. The factors that Donny mentions are controllable. Well, I repeat, we've got a severely congested fixture list. We are dealing with circumstances out with our control. When they play the game, when fans are allowed back in, and we don't know when that will be, they will not be allowed back in. There's no 60,000 at Celtic Park, that's for sure. Uh, as I say, we are going out of our way to look for problems now. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. The Scottish slash football. Thank you very much, Donny in Campbelltown. Some decent points. Hugh is not having it. I'll try and win him over during the news. What you can do during the news is give us a call for Beat the Pundit. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. The lines close at seven, so be quick. We might do something crazy after Beat the Pundit and try and talk about actual football on the pitch. Tackle the headlines. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 
Hugh Evans is here Daryl Broadfoot is alongside him uh, We've kicked the coronavirus ball around the studio for the last hour Let's try something radical And talk about what's going to happen on the pitch this weekend Of course, if you've still got thoughts on today's announcement Regarding punishments or potential punishments for Aberdeen and Celtic Ball and Golly and Aberdeen 8 More than happy to try and squeeze more in But let's try and talk football as well uh, Big games tomorrow Hamilton St Mirren Kelly St Johnson Ross County Dundee United Hibs Mullerwell and then on Sunday, of course, Rangers trying uh, to build on their advantage at the top when they go to Livingston. So any thoughts ahead of the weekend's action, signing news, any of the usual topics at this time of year, get them in and we'll do this first. Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, thescottishsun.co.uk slash football. Daryl Broadfoot's previous performance on Beat the Pundit was so bad that he's had to quarantine for six months uh, since but we've let him back tonight and uh, we'll see if he gets on any better John is playing tonight from your Kirk how's it going John? Not so bad how are you? Yeah can't complain at all John I don't suppose you've ever played Beat the Pundit before have you? No no this is the first time oh, man, first time did you just sit and wait all week and think Keevens and Broadfoot will have a piece of that? Yes, definitely <laughs> Pretty much, at least he's honest, I like that uh, We'll toss the coin and find out your victim John, if it's heads, it is Mr Keevans And if it's tails, it's still Daryl He doesn't get Mr yet And it is tails, Daryl Broadfoot taking on John from your country Congratulations, John uh, <laughs> nah, There are two ways of looking at it You, you set the bar so low last time that it, it can't be any worse That's, I never got relegated uh, You did not, um, you were saved Right, so I'll give Daryl some Clyde 2 to listen to John so it's just you and I No cheating going on here 30 seconds going on the clock You can pass That's everything you need to know You ready? Yes Good man John Your 30 seconds starts now Albion Ayeti joined Celtic From which side? West Ham Name either of Motherwell's goal scorers on Wednesday Pass Who did Barcelona face tonight? Uh, pass What Sorry. nationality is Hamilton's David Moyo? Irish Which side finished second In last year's Scottish Championship Inverness How many goals were scored In the 2010 World Cup Final Four Okay let's bring Daryl back Daryl can you hear us Yep Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock Time starts now Albion Ayeti joined Celtic From which side West Ham Name either of Motherwell's Goal scorers on Wednesday Oh Turnbull Who did Barcelona face tonight Bayern what nationality is Hamilton's David Moyle? Swiss Which side finished second in last year's Scottish Championship? It was Inverness How many goals were scored in the 2010 World Cup Final? Five Okay, okay, John, how do you think that went? I think he just beat me just be Let's find out First one Albion Yeti joined Celtic From West Ham You both got it Well done And honestly John The sigh, the sigh of relief On Daryl Broadfoot's <laughs> face When he knew that he'd got one And he was Walk off and off. running And he didn't care What happened thereafter uh, But you both got it Who scored for Motherwell On Wednesday You had the choice Of Turnbull Or Campbell But you passed it So it's 2-1 to Daryl Barcelona faced Bayern Munich tonight I can't quite get used to this 
Champions League yeah. every night but it's, it's, no that's it for me it is, I know I know I think producer Dan was quite harsh I think he should have put in the Champions League tonight if I'm being honest but there we go Bayern Munich 3-1 to Darrell um, I had a bit of a chuckle at this one John because I mean you weren't to know and do you know what the name David Moyo Irish it's not the worst guess it's just he's Zimbabwean which is not that close to Ireland but nevertheless the Darrell didn't get it either it's 3-1 um Good memory though John Because you plucked this one out Inverness finished second In last year's championship Sadly for you Darrell got it as well So it's 4-2 How many goals were scored In the 2010 World Cup final You've both built it up To be better than it was It was 1, one. Andres Iniesta For Spain Against the Netherlands So there we go oh, John well, well Do you know what well Fairly tough questions And you got two Not too bad at all But Darrell has pipped you 4-2 hard lines <laughs> Right no problem Cheers Good man, that was John and Muir Kirk. It's not going to get any better for me, so That's see you later, see you guys. Later. Yeah. <laughs> it's just you and I until 8 o'clock. Um, your chance to beat the pundit back on Monday night at the same time. Uh, so listen out for the show and you can give us a call. Right, Hugh, 0141 951 uh, Like I say, I'm going, going bold. Friday night, a matter of hours before we have actual Premiership football. Oh. Let's try. Let's try tentatively. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Um, well, Ross County made a great start to the season Seven points out of nine um, That must be a worry for Hamilton Who are uh, well behind now uh, So I'm enjoying their progress Because I was the one who said Hamilton would go down And Ross County would be 11th um, But it won't last Game of the day for me tomorrow Hibs Motherwell Yeah, Hibs are flying Hibs, aren't they? Absolutely flying um, And sadly Motherwell who you know what? What a season last season. That it's just not working yet. I, I think the parts of Hartley and Tate have taken a bit of experience out the back line, and you know it's only three games in. But I think Steve Robinson, I get his frustration, but needs to decide who his first choice striker is. Needs to understand what his strongest lineup is, because Hibs are Hibs are relentless. I think Gogic has made a huge difference for them. Are you entitled to know what your strongest lineup is after three games? I, I think the extent of the substitutions, the extent of the kind of rotation this early, you can. Permit, but you look at how settled they were. You could almost predict how they were going to set up and the minimum level of performance. That'll be the biggest frustration for them. I think uh, Gary Holt must have been delighted to see the equaliser going mm. at Fir Park to make it two-two because you know who wants to start with three straight defeats and your next game is against Rangers, uh, who have started with three straight wins and no loss of goals. So um, that was a big goal for him. Which leads me on nicely, Hugh, to the link between this coronavirus footballing drama and what's actually happening on the pitches. It's another chance for Rangers to just get those points on the board before yeah. such times as Celtic are allowed to play again. Darrell and I are two old hacks, and we understand that that this is a good headline grabber. You know, by the time Celtic play, Rangers will be eleven clear. Uh, a perfectly legitimate journalistic tactic. Stephen Gerrard's not saying it; the press are saying it. Uh, and I have no doubt it will be true But uh, Celtic's job is to keep calm Understand that in theory If they win the, the games that they have still to play And catch up with Rangers In theory they're two mm. points behind So it's a nice way to get us going early in the season But Celtic will uh, And Neil Lennon said he'll know Two points behind We're about to hear from Stephen Gerrard But let's hear first from Scott In Postle Park Scott's a Rangers fan What's in your mind tonight Scott? Hey hi there panel How you doing? Good thanks yeah. I, just about, I, was, so I was listening to the show last night And uh, I heard a call saying About Barisic uh, I think it's been worth uh, uh, The same amount as Morelos Or more mm -hmm. 
and I'm sure one of the panelists said, uh, but you don't get, you get always get more for strikers than you do defenders. But I, I agree with you, the guy last night. Maybe it depends who the striker in that is. Because see, Bomber Barisic, he's if Tierney goes for twenty five million, right? He's a Scottish left back, and Barisic is a Croatian first first pick probably in the defence. I think he's the most consistent Rangers player for the past two seasons, easily. And see any time we get a free kick outside the box and I see like Tavernier or Hadji stepping up to him, I'm like, no, get away, let it pass. <laughs> honest, and that's the truth, I'm not just saying that because I'm speaking to you. But um, honest to God, man, I just pray that maybe they felt like it was in and takes him away. The guy is world class. Brilliant, man, honest to God. I, I, I think if, if it was a Kieran Tierney type offer, then Rangers would be failing in their duty if they didn't consider it. But I'm not saying that we didn't know, I know, but I'm just saying if Kearney, a Scottish international left back, goes for twenty five million, what is a Croatian? Well I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that nationality matters because they, they were both playing both, the country. Playing, both playing the same country. Uh, but my feeling my overriding feeling about everything relative to Celtic and Rangers this season is all about ten in a row. The winning of it, the stopping of it. And uh, I don't think that the Rangers fans would be happy at all to see Barisic go. He's the most improved Rangers player. If you bear in mind when he first came, didn't get on, was dispatched to the reserves. John Flanagan was playing left back ahead of him. Mm. I think he's a terrific player. He is uh, world class. We'll see. He's, he's certainly international class. One goal, two assists already this season. They're a better team with Barisic at left back. There is no doubt about it. He's a terrific player. Um, and we're always quick to. To get players away from Scotland Let's enjoy the fact that we've got somebody as accomplished mm. As him playing in the Premiership uh, Scott, is he then In your mind If you had to pick one Is he Rangers Most important player The one that you would struggle to replace the most What what sort of tag would you give him then You're giving him lots of praise How does he? How do you see him within that squad Within the Rangers squad I would say he's, oh, he's One of the most Definitely the most He's, just, he's the most consistent by a country mile A country mile is the most consistent he really, I think he's really calm under pressure as well In every game He, he, he can beat he, At first when I seen him I was like oh, He can't beat a player he can't be, But then he started to buy players The goal he set up there I might was the exact same as the one for Ryan Kent against Celtic And by the way do you know I'm, you know, I'm a pure Rangers fan Guess what my second name is Barisic <laughs> Got Bain Scott, same as the Celtic <laughs> Scott Bain We've got Scott Bain but, on the I line mean, Trying uh, to sell Barisic For 30 million Everyone understands that, that there will be Conjecture about Morelos For as long as The transfer window Lasts But I think In his mind Steven Gerrard Will be saying Okay Morelos might go And I'll have money To reinvest in the team But That's it He represents The transfer That we'll be doing Because I've got to stop This 10 in a row So what will be will be with Morelos But I don't think there's any chance of Barisic being sold in There is an interest Leeds United I think were quoted as having an interest in him Etc, etc, etc But I think Stephen Gerrard will be saying Morelos can go, the rest can't Let's put it another way If Rangers are to wrestle a title off Celtic going for 10 a row They need to keep their best players And Barisic becomes one half of a partnership That will be integral to doing that Ryan Kent, last year flattered to deceive and you look at what won the league for Celtic last Edward, yes, but the three players around him who scored double figures. And Rangers need Kent to hit double figures. They need Hadji, both in assists and goals. They need goals from elsewhere. And Barisic from his deliveries at set pieces and his assists will be a huge asset. 
Scott why don't you just hang there And get your thoughts on this Good timing Stephen Gerrard says Leon Balogun will miss the trip to Livingston on Sunday With a quad problem uh, The Rangers boss says he's now got a tough choice On who partners Connor Goldson this weekend He won't be available for the weekend um, He's got a, a small uh, quad problem um, we're, we're still waiting for some scan results to, to confirm that But uh, he's certainly ruled out for the weekend Look, we'll, we'll pick the two best centre-backs we believe are capable of getting the right results. Um, you know, we won't really focus on any individual players that we're going to be coming up against. Um, Phil came on the other night and done extremely well. George has had a real strong pre-season, so um, I'll leave it as late as I need to and then make a decision who partners Connor because I think Connor's in excellent form, deserves to keep his place, and I'll make a late decision on, on Phil and George in the coming days. Defensive options are there. Scott, who would you pick at the weekend? Uh, big Philip Hollander Solid man I think he's a big man Brilliant Well, well Edmund, but, but, Well but the big big, big I call him Philip the Highlander I see the Highlander <laughs> Brilliant man <laughs> Don't know how to top that I don't know What nickname could we give you Hugh Keevans I don't think we'll open that uh, you, remember, uh, you remember I told you About Nicola Sturgeon And an Aberdeen strip And how he's St Mirren I don't another. go there again Two weeks in a row Come on No 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 I'll simply say I could play beside Connor Goldson and Rangers would still win at Livingston. He doesn't what, learn. What a sight that is. What a sight. No, listen, that's the test. Celtic fell down in the 3G test or the 4G test. This will be a test for Rangers at the weekend as well. Livy have had a pretty ropey um, start to the season, but you know what you get against them. They work hard, they're in your faces. Defensively, I don't think they're as strong as they were last season. Um, I would put Edmondson in purely because I think he's got. Fitter over the course of pre-season I know Hillander's probably the favourite And he got a bit of game time during the week But I think Edmondson um, When he replaced Katic I think looked yeah. looked accomplished uh, Something you Rangers fans might be interested in And other fans around Scottish football Because Stephen Gerrard says Ross McCrory has made it clear he wants to leave Rangers With Hibs launching a second bid for the player He also says Greg Doherty is in talks with Hull I think that's a tough question to answer in terms of how close they are. That'll depend on uh, numerous factors. Uh, but, you know, Greg's had permission to, to speak to Hull. Uh, I'm told them, them, them talks are ongoing. Uh, Greg's in this morning, so the plan's to catch up with him after this morning's session. But uh, I know they are locked in talks. So there's no really update uh, on that situation. But that is as close as the talks have gone, which I'm not aware of at the moment. Uh, but that could happen... Um, at any given moment, or you know, it mightn't happen. I think it'll be it'll boil down to what Greg's decision is. Um, in terms of Ross, we 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 knocked the uh, we knocked something back from Hibs, and I believe they have come again. Um, so that's moved a little bit closer. The plan again is to catch up with Ross this morning. Um, he's told me clearly that he, he wants to move on, um, but at the same time, you know. Um, I think the ball is, is in Hibs in Hibs, Hibs court now to, to match what we want I get pretty much all my feedback on these issues here That's this where I live <laughs> And it's on the phones or, or on Twitter and, and these two players in particular Hugh and Darrell Always struck me as Players that actually most Rangers fans liked And would really have loved to see do well But, but they would now possibly Kind of hold their hands up and admit That they just can't quite kick on And, and become part of that, that starting living Or even you know the group of subs that then comes on thereafter Neither will play anything remotely near regularly for Rangers So for the sake of their own careers They should get out and go somewhere else And uh, you know it's funny Hibbs, terrific start to the season When Kevin Nisbet signed everyone said Oh buying players When players have been asked to take wage cuts and deferrals and all sorts But 
when it's nine points out of nine by another player. Oh, lovely. Yes, we'll have that. It shows how Rangers have tooled up to, to try and stop 10 in a row because I, I think Ross McCrory in particular is a terrific player, but they're both at what, 22 23. They need to get out and play more often. Stephen Davis on the bench, Scott Arfield on the bench. Chances are going to be limited. I would probably keep Ross McCrory because I think if Ryan Jack gets injured, he's the more natural holding midfielder. They don't have too many options like that. Um, are they going to sign one though? Then if if those two depart, potentially. I know there's been there's been speculation, but they need to get out now because talented young Scottish players are no longer young prospects at twenty two and twenty three. Docker went down to Shrewsbury and I think one player yeah, of the year. So, the, no doubt they will go and be a success elsewhere, but this season of all seasons, Stephen Gerrard's clearly not taking chances. Hibs fans would like that. I would imagine they they needed a, an enforcer and they got one in Alex Gogic. It could turn out to be one of the, the best pieces of business of the summer. Um, and, you know, if you could add another one in there. Or so, somebody who can play centre back and equally accomplished middle of the park. I, I, I think if, if Hibs pursue it and if they've got the money, he would, he would be an absolutely terrific signing. And you'd look at Hibs not only as top six certainties but a club going for European spots okay I think we'll park that one for the moment thank you very much 01419511025 Twitter we are at Clyde SSB uh, got a full time teaser coming up for you there's a 10 players that's all I'm telling you there's a, there's a bit of a Scotland theme but there's a club consideration as well in there so you're going to have to put your heads together see what you can come up with I'll give you the question next Taking your calls on Scottish football 0141-951-1025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Daryl Broadfoot and Hugh Keevans Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard If you've got thoughts on the announcement today That Aberdeen and Celtic could face disciplinary action For coronavirus breaches Then feel free to get in touch The ball and golly and the, the Aberdeen 8 As they've now become known You can't be bothered Running through their names Every time So no. it is understandable And I'm Very hesitant To ask for another nickname For the group As a whole I, I, Nah I just don't think We can risk it On a family show No No never mind Just leave it <laughs> um, where Leave that where you are <laughs> We are trying to preview Tomorrow's football as well though. So if your team's in action And you've got thoughts We'd love to hear them 01419511025 Before we do that though uh, We do have a full time Teaser for you If you've never heard this before at this time, every night, you send the question to us And we try and ruin the pundits' night, really uh, By seeing if they can come up with the answers So, uh, Jerry has been in touch with this one Thank you to Jerry for sending it in It's fulltime at Clyde1.com If you want to send it, fulltime at Clyde1.com He says, can you name 10 players Since 2008 Have been capped by Scotland whilst at Dundee United I'm thinking, Daryl, we've found a bit of a niche for you here. Craig Scot- Craig with your Scotland hat on. Craig Levine. Shankland. Yes. Paul Dixon, Gary Kenneth. Gary Kenneth, two caps in 2010. Paul Dixon, three caps. Yes. Well done. I'll leave it there. I think that's a good start. You can play along with us on Twitter if you want at Clyde SSB. 10 players. Since 2008 Capped by Scotland Whilst at Dundee United Guys like Paul Dixon and Andy Robertson Gary Kenneth Lauren Shankland Yes we'll definitely leave right, it we'll there, stop there. I'll, I'll um, That was only his first cap though The rest were at Hull and Liverpool It was just the Was it Poland Away Anyway I think it was But it was um, His first cap was whilst at Dundee United So Robertson Dixon Kenneth Shankland And another six to get We'll get them between now And the end of the show We will hear soon from Motherwell's new signing Stephen O'Donnell well, fans, are you happy with that? Kilmarnock fans, are you surprised to see him swap Rugby Park for Fur Park over the summer? But let's check in with David and Kerfin first. Hi, David. 
Hi, gents. How you doing? Not bad at all. Are you well? Aye, not bad. Good. Not bad. Um, it's it's really about Celtic's defence. I know Hugh's been pretty critically. Julian and Ayer No, um, it doesn't sound like him <laughs> I, I think, um, obviously it's been talked That Shane Duffy is on Celtic's radar And I've I, I fancied him for years For Celtic, I think he would be exactly What we need um, When it comes to a domineering centre-half Especially if we play at a back three With him in the middle And both of them either side um, That's my first point well, yeah, well, I'll, think about that. I'll make no comment at all On Ayer and Julian I'll leave that <laughs> All I will say to you is Finally uh, That Neil Lennon said He needed a Central defender I believe he needs two uh, I believe that In this Of all seasons If Rangers have got four You should have four um, And Rangers have four good ones um, So Shane Duffy I think Would be an Outstanding signing uh, For Celtic uh, With his Premier League experience Down south It would be a no brainer As ever David You've got to go through the agents, the player, this, that, the other. Uh, they'll all do their rain dances. Uh, but I believe that Duffy would like to join Celtic, given that there is the prospect of Champions League football. There's two points. You look at how Celtic turned the season in their favour after the Old Firm defeat last season. They went away from 4-2-3-1 and went to 3-5-2. And they had Simunovic then, but Lee Griffiths fully fit as well. And I think one leads to the other. They need numbers. Neil Beaton is probably next in line as a, as a centre-back. But Neil Lennon's probably loath to do that because there's no Lee Griffiths and do you take a risk on Klamala? Lo and behold, you've got Ayeti in. And I think a centre-back's needed for the duration of the season. But also, I think Celtic looked at their best with that 3-5-2 hmm. formation. And that's before you get into the folk who deal in algorithms, Hugh, who uh, will tell you, uh, who will give you the stats sorry? and show that... The three five two, the Scott Brown in versus the four two three one at the moment, and completely different in, in how Celtic are, are set up. So I think Neil Lennon might want to give consideration to three five two again if he's got Ayeti in, and you can get a a, a centre back because otherwise, another blip like the one against Kilmarnock, and suddenly. Um, to take Hugh's point The psychological battle Becomes all the more difficult Is that the way you see it David That it would be twofold If it's going to be Two centre backs Well you've got competition there For, for Julian and I And if it's going to be three Then well you need a, you need a third one anyway Definitely I'd, I'd also make signing right um, Aaron Hickey A priority for Celtic um, To have two, two good Young Scottish left backs My second point um, Is about the, the artificial surfaces um, and Celtic's results on them over the past few years, even even during the invincible season. I think if you keep doing the same thing all the time and playing the way we play and all the other surfaces on grass, uh, obviously, um, and you expect different results, it's, it's just not going to happen. I think that Celtic need to um, adopt a more um, direct approach when it comes to 3G surfaces because our football's not working on it. When we play Kelly and we play Livingston, I've never seen his, his given Hamilton a doing either. I just think that we should be a, lot, a bit more direct. And, and I think, actually, we could be doing with another striker again. And we were looking at another one as well. Obviously, Lee Griffiths. I love Griff, but I don't know what's happening. And I think everybody have been saying that the uh, Lyndon Dykes for Rangers was a goer. I think Lyndon Dykes would be a good buy for Celtic. Um, for, for for that reason So right. we can be more direct Nah I don't think it's Neil Lennon's way of playing football um, He's not going to put 
up uh, a Lyndon Dykes up front He wants Edward and he wants a Yeti uh, I'm not sure that Patrick Clamalla will do the job I'm not sure about Lee Griffith's future at the club um, I think if there's money to be spent Central defenders first and foremost Make a good point on the 3G though And when you look back to last year When they played in Cham and Griffiths They created three times the chances Than they did on plastic pitches without them That's what I was meaning about the kind of algorithms Now, this is not football manager Neil Lennon has to manage But the stats are there With an Cham and Griffiths in the team last season Against Kilmarnock and Aki's Over, and, and I don't want to get into XG's expected goals But infinitely higher than without them I think there's a real selection dilemma for Neil Lennon in not having Olivier and Chamonix's team. I think he has to find a way to put him in there. I get what you're saying, David, and we hear this a lot in football, don't we? That you know the so-called Plan B. But but if you are working so hard on on a style of football that allows you to become the dominant side or one of the dominant sides in the country, are you able to just switch it off once, twice, three, maybe four times a season and stick a big guy up there and start putting the ball up to him? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying stick a guy up there, but at the end of the day, six. I mean, more than a six, almost your league is, is it potentially could be played on on these soft season. Every time Celtic play on them, I mean, I think everybody would say over the past few years Celtic are the best footballing team in the league. So why do they not get points at these grounds? It's not every time. Being, Last year, Kelly and Aki's three one and four one. The point I was making that was three five two within Chairman Griffiths' yeah. team, as yeah, opposed you, to four you, you two three right, one. Against Ackies and Levies Were more of a struggle I mean the, the, there, there does come A point where <laughs> How many strikers can you sign As a, Griffiths is there Kamala's there I know Bayo has gone off to Toulouse uh, But you've just spent 5 million on Ayeti Edward is there um, What do you make of that signing? Because it only happened yesterday well, And we've, we've not spoken to you since um, it, It's Good money that Celtic have paid out there You know they've got a goalkeeper and a striker for £10 million It's a lot of money to be shelling out At a time when you're losing money hand over fist Because of the coronavirus uh, his, his numbers at West Ham were Poor, perhaps deceptively poor Because he didn't get that much time out on the park But he had 12 appearances and didn't score a goal However, in Switzerland He was a prolific goal scorer um, West Ham signed him for £8 million, Which I know yeah. in Premier League terms isn't Massive amounts But sufficient for a mm-hmm. guy Who'd scored But he didn't get a lot of time On the park uh, And th- th- there was a change of manager So You could Put it down to Just the wrong place At the wrong time uh, And he does seem to be Very enthusiastic About playing for Celtic So uh, He's eligible For Tuesday night Against KR Reykjavik uh, I-, I think Albeit that the fans Are watching On television I think they would like To see him at some point Is that a signing That excites you David? 100% Obviously I think the, the level of the, of the Swiss League If we look back Before the, the, the West Ham time The level of the Swiss League Is Probably comparable To ours um, and, and to me He's actually a player Like Griffiths Just dynamic And I think his partnership With Edward Would be great But I just think that We should We, we, we need to As you say On, on these surfaces I want to go back to it I just I, I fear Actually that The points dropped in these parts That's already started this season Could come back to bite us I think, nah. I think the template's there I, I think early part of the season And I genuinely didn't think Naively The Rangers or Celtic would, would lose many points Until October 17th But it's probably Focused the mind So Ayeti I think Was a show of strength From Celtic They've watched Kemar Roof They've watched Cedric Itton 
signed for Rangers and realised we need to get another striker of quality and just as they'd signed the goalkeeper and as I say an an £8 million signing from Basel um, for West Ham granted didn't get much game time in England but when you add him to Klamala and Edward who is the the, the prized possession it puts more question marks on on Lee Griffiths Celtic cannot wait cannot afford to wait for Lee Griffiths to get back up to full speed and that for me is a signing of intent somebody to come in four and a half million and threaten their way into the first team Mm. is that that would be Celtic done in that department I know David you know, If David was in charge He'd go for Lyndon Dykes Or yeah. he, would, he would go something similar At the moment Celtic play one striker They do sometimes play two As, as we've just discussed and, and they may well play two um, But they've got four Hugh now yeah. And it's not like it's four You know, It's not like the fourth man is Is someone who you can't really picture playing You know the fourth man at the moment Is Lee Griffiths yeah. And yeah and, and you are still to be won over by Klamala, but, but he's, he's he's there and he's and he's worked hard, and they spent a few million quid on him as well. And Neil Lennon seems to be quite encouraged by what he's done over the well, summer. At least he's full of enthusiasm for the job. Um, Neil Lennon has to find out what's left in Lee Griffith's tank uh, because it, it's unsatisfactory. He comes back out of shape. Manager falls out with him. Then the manager says he's in tip-top condition. He's worked hard to get back to his best. Uh, doesn't appear Then he's got an injury uh, Then there's the business of Having a party in his house And uh, Possibly being in breach of Covid regulations But we haven't heard any more about that From Celtic So I, I just think that um, Ayeti's keen Edward is The, the proven deal um, And El Yanusi Has a, a past with uh, Ayeti And they could do something together as well So That Area of the field Is taken care of for me The central defensive area I think Has to be sorted now Yep Need a, need a centre back Lee Griffiths likes Proving people wrong He likes telling people Yeah he's done it he, before he, hasn't he And he's a complex individual I'd be loath to write him off But Celtic's Habitual top goal scorer You know The the, the person who played around and, and and still got game time In 20-30 goals In the Dembele era Is now fourth choice striker this is his biggest test yet But if Celtic can get their fourth choice striker In a mood Then that changes the whole dynamic of that front line But as it stands I think Edward is untouchable It's do you go with two Or do the rest have to wait in the wings for a for a shot Thank you very much David and Kerfin Have a good weekend to one four one nine five one one zero two five. If you would like to join And let's hear from a new signing in the Premiership Stephen O'Donnell says a short term deal at Motherwell Is the perfect fit after rejecting a new contract at Kilmarnock The defender has joined at Fir Park till January The club hoping to extend the offer He says it wasn't the only option he had on the table at the moment I had an interest in going back down south um, If it was right for myself and my family and the, the the offers that I had, I had a couple of offers that they weren't right. And it's as simple as that. They weren't, whether that was financially, the club, all round, it didn't matter. It needed to be right for my family, first and foremost. And I don't think I could get any more right than, than two minutes down the road. So uh, I'd certainly get plenty of time to spend with my wee man. So no, I was, um, I was fairly relaxed about, about everything. I'd, I had ideas in my head what needed to be and what wasn't. And it wasn't, so I was, I was happy with that. Um, Talking, maybe waiting a bit longer, but I'd, I've waited enough. I was I was fed up in the house, um, albeit I was training with Aki's, which was was brilliant. It's a, a solution for both parties. I think they needed the quick term fix, or well, not fix, but obviously they needed replacements in. So it was good for me to come in, get football, and if the the two is if I'm doing well and they're happy, I'm sure there'll be there'll be discussions. 
but equally they have the flexibility that if I have a stinker, they can go off you pop. So there's a, so there's, so it's a, it's a good decision for both. Get a real positive outlook on life, Stephen O'Donnell. Uh, and at the moment, uh, Stephen Robinson, the manager, uh, appears to be highly critical of some Motherwell players. So I assume that Stephen O'Donnell will walk into the team. You can tell by the reaction, Daryl, you know, last night on, on Twitter or whatever it may be, people sort of raising an eyebrow and going, okay, Motherwell signing a guy that's got 11 Scotland caps, Listen, ultimately. And a current Scotland player. It's, it's the COVID reality for, for players who, pre-virus, wanted to run their contracts down and, and probably assumed I'll get a championship club in England on five figures a week. The reality is, championship clubs at the moment have no idea what their financial certainty is. So, Stephen needs to play, wants to preserve his Scotland uh, position. Great move for Motherwell, um, and everybody wins. And you sometimes forget that these guys are humans and they've got families. And he mentions they're having a young son, and he lives two minutes away and from Fort Park. Spending too much time on the telly and radio to be a current <laughs> professional footballer. And, Might and joke about it, but how he's did the uh, how did the Ackies feel? He was training with them, then he signs for the. Warwickshire rivals Well I would imagine Would depend on whether They ever thought That he was going to sign there Listening to Brian Rice I don't, I don't think the he shades did Shades of Craig Gordon Training at Murray yeah. Park Before <laughs> the offer came in Naughty boy uh, Yeah you mentioned it here Stephen Robinson critical um, Of his players And he goes up against The high flying Hibs side from this a, weekend From a journalistic point of view I'll go back to My days and Darrell's days uh, With the newspapers from a journalistic point of view, you listen to that rant after the game and think, Lovely. can't wait to get back upstairs to the, uh, I was going to say typewriter, laptop. Showing his age. Get it all uh, sent back to the office. But if you are a Motherwell player, uh, three games in and the manager is ripping you apart, mm, not sure about that as a... Tactic. He's gone in early. He's gone mm. in very early. Um, and no pun intended, you could only go to that well so many times. Mm. Um, I understand the frustration, but equally, he's he's almost got too many similar options up front. Um, and I think even from the striker's point of view, that's certainly I'm the number one striker. And that confidence comes with it as opposed to the nervousness of I'm in this week. If I don't do it or I have a bad touch, I'm I'm back out the following week. And also, um, a much coveted sought after manager who has been linked with lots of jobs before said so that I didn't quite agree with the agents filling players' heads. All right, still time for you to get calls in on any of tonight's topics. 01419511025 on tonight's teaser. Thanks to Jerry for sending it. Remember, full time at Clyde1.com. We always need your questions, so send them over. Get out in the sun and think Do of a question for us. Do you ten, need some more answers? Ten players since 2008 have been capped by Scotland whilst. At Dundee United Colin Moffat amongst others on Twitter Doing not too badly You've got Andy Robertson, Paul Dixon, Gary Kenneth Lawrence Shankland I'll take one each if you've got them Go on then Craig Conway oh, Brilliant listen, Hugh, you got any? Listen, come over here oh, young man oh. Craig Conway written that. down there Barry Robson Yes, well done uh, Craig Bryson no Alright we'll leave it there You've got one, two, three, four, five, six down Four to get uh, Get them next And your calls as well 
number one for football in Glasgow and the West. 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Daryl Broadfoot and Hugh Keevans in the final part of tonight's show but still plenty of time to get your calls in or your tweets just quickly on this teaser let me check in on you 10 players since 2008 that have been capped by Scotland whilst at Dundee United you're doing pretty well actually um, Andy Robertson Paul Dixon Gary Kenneth Barry Robson Craig Conway Lawrence Shankland what did you do during the break? Anything productive? I just had a lot. Well, Hugh agreed that there was another big, gruff centre back, which we had B- scribbled big, down. Big, ugly defender. Big I said. ugly. I was trying to be charitable to. Yeah. to, to you can name and him. You came up with Andy Webster. Yep, he was on loan, but I'll give you Andy Webster. Um, Three to I, get. Am I? Oh, does he sometimes frequent this studio, or is that am I? No, nah. Mark, Mark Wilson. Mark Wilson. So he would have been earlier. One, one cap wonder. One cap at Celtic Was as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Any more for any more? So what? Three left. Yeah. We'll get back to you. Okay. Yeah, three left. We'll get them before the end of the show. We're still on the phones and we're on Twitter. Uh, a few people making this point earlier on the coronavirus stuff. Another season. Another trebles on asking. Um, I like this as well. He's got a barb at the start. It says so. Just like my tweets. You're ignoring <laughs> the fact that three clubs knowingly played players, albeit in friendlies. In the case of one team, nine, yes, nine players who did not have sufficient COVID-19 protocols and not action is taken. I guess he means no action is taken. This is obviously going back a couple of weeks, uh, maybe even a couple of months, no, a couple of weeks. This was Motherwell, Hibs, Rangers. There was some sort of investigation, Daryl. Why, what, what was the outcome of that and why is this separate from... What so, we're seeing at so, the moment so, with so Aberdeen and Celtic Two things in two slightly separate cases and I, and I go back to First Minister last season saying yellow cards So principle of JRG was to help support clubs through to compliance Not to beat them over the head um, Motherwell, um, I don't think had done anything wrong It was the testing um, laboratory that was late in getting the results back Hibs, I think, took the chance of a 24-hour return Which didn't happen, the, the testing company went 48 hours So, and, and Rangers, who were away in... France the, f- the previous week misunderstood uh, and take them at face value the uh, the protocols so those three clubs were written to kind of acknowledged and understood the circumstances and, and said that they would comply from, from here on in yeah so again Jason Leach was on the show Wednesday night I think Tuesday. it was Tuesday was it? I ah, in. my apologies you did Tuesday uh, where it was described as as a line in the sand now Volleyball and golly, the Aberdeen 8 There is a certain element of that being retrospectively done Which it is But this is not about trying to uncover every Or trying to punish, sorry, every single misdemeanour That's taken place since March, is it? No, no, and, and, and there is the line in the sand But there is the material difference between Breaches of government guidelines Versus hiccups on the process And I'd rather they happened before the season started um, But making sure that all clubs were compliant and things like testing. That's why twice-weekly testing came in as well, to make sure that those lags weren't a, weren't an issue anymore. Let's speak to Alec in Somerston and get his take on it. Hi, Alec. Hi there, how you doing, panel? Not bad, Hi, not bad at all. Uh, good stuff. Uh, can I, you, before I go on to my point, sir, you were talking about uh, a couple of names for the for the Aberdeen 8 and Volleyball and Golly. Mm, keep I it clean. Hi, yes, yes, the hateful eight. And Dolly Bolling Golly. 
I don't know if it would make it into a good old tabloid man like Hugh Keevans I don't know if he'll pick that one up for the Sunday column But you've got something to start with Well you see, uh, <laughs> in, in, in my capacity as a grump uh, I would say it's not a laughing matter I thought you might yeah. What about the soul searchers? No, I prefer the, the searchers <laughs> from Liverpool You're right, it is serious, it's serious business We shouldn't make light of it uh, Alec, what do, you, what do you make of everything that's going on then? The news today, you know, that Aberdeen and Celtic could be punished as a club And the news that the players involved uh, will face disciplinary action themselves Well, for a start, definitely I think uh, I think the players should be punished, definitely But I don't think you, you can punish the clubs Especially in terms of points being deducted, maybe a fine. But if you think about it, I mean, if you if you work in uh, an industry where somebody else has has uh, done something wrong, you, you you can't punish the whole work, workforce. It's that individual that's that gets punished. The thing I've noticed about the points thing, right? <laughs> <I've noticed laughs> no matter how many times I've, I've noticed, I've noticed a lot about it. I've not seen What's interesting to me And some people will say That's not interesting You need to get out more And find out actually The things that are actually interesting Um, It is only It is only really coming from fans Who of course pundits Some pundits will will go down that road as well Which is fine But I mean in terms of Those within football And even the guys who Who are Essentially victims of this Jim Goodwin He's had his schedule Disrupted St Mirren haven't been able to play certain games Brian Rice Again, a victim of it If you like punished They've done nothing wrong And they've been punished If you want to use that phrase Inadvertently punished Yet these guys The victims Are still coming out and saying Don't punish clubs You can't be forfeiting games You can't be giving points But we still have a huge Groundswell of opinion Amongst football supporters That that's a route to go down You know Gordon From personal experience That people are sending photographs All over the shop Saying look He plays for such and such And there he is at a party And on and on and on it goes um, we've got a supporter version of the Stasi going on now. Uh, they they will not be they will not be content until they finally get the goods on someone and force exactly. and force Nicola Sturgeon to bring Scottish football to a halt. They live in a they live in a fevered in a second. They live in a fevered they live in a fevered atmosphere, and all of a sudden. Football has been forgotten about The consequences of the game Closing down for a second time Have been completely ignored There is a desperation To get somebody Somewhere Anywhere Into trouble Alright I'll bite on that though Just before we let Alec in To to be fair You as I'm sure you would admit Cannot speak on behalf of everyone And you would respect their right To turn around and say No no I don't want Scottish football To close down again So I want a deterrent That's big enough to stop people Breaching protocols going forward you 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 might believe that no one is coming at it with good intentions, but that, that's maybe a bit unfair. Obviously, there are exceptions to every rule, but the supporter Stasi members <laughs> right. are there to try to get a rival into trouble, get something to materially influence the league, and what they will succeed in doing is getting football stopped. Alec. Yep, I totally agree with you, 100%. Do you not think, though, that the vast majority, well, apart from a gentleman tonight who but he, he actually I was flummoxed, really, and a gentleman last night, an elderly gentleman, who said, we are Rangers fans, uh, but we don't want uh, Celtic or uh, deducted any points. We want to win it on the park. 
But I think the vast majority calling for the points reduction is Rangers fans. And they're, they're clutching at straws. They, they did it last year as well. I mean, in my opinion, there was no chance they were going to come back. Do you know what I mean? I mean, Celtic were like light, light years ahead of them. And Rangers were, they were uh, uh, internally imploding. So I, I think it's a bit of desperation from the, the Rangers fans. Sure. Now, don't get me wrong, I think on the field they're, they're mm-hmm. doing really well just now. So why why go on about points deductions and everything else like that? God, this that. is going to be the way of it for this season because there's so much at stake and I think you might have coined the phrase the, the COVID cliping. But to take your, your initial point, the message cannot be clearer. Scottish football's got a yellow card. The last thing it needs is vigilantism. Oh. But surely when eight Aberdeen players and one Celtic player are brought before the Scottish FA, when the First Minister of Scotland says mm. one more and it's a red card, when the National Clinical Director, who's got every other sector in the country to deal with, says, I need confidence. If that is not deterrent a lesson enough. and a deterrent to football players, yeah. then nothing will be. Um, again, that's, it's one of those things that, you know, we can't really prove it. Yes, maybe some Rangers fans are doing what Alex says, but, but maybe some aren't. And to be fair, I know loads of people who are not Rangers fans who think that clubs should have to to forfeit the points and whatever. And I know you've already said, Daryl, that's just, it's just not a thing. It's just not going to happen. It's it's not there. It's not within the rules. I think where the, the leap is coming, and again, I'm not saying it's justifiable. What what would you say to, to people who hold up the examples of, of, of your St Mirren and your Hamilton and you're saying, these guys aren't doing anything wrong. They are doing everything right and, and they're being, in quotation marks, punished by not being able Football to play their fixtures. Football is a microcosm of the country. It's... The few who spoil it for the many For the same reason that pubs were opened And then pubs were given due notice That they had to adhere to test and protect measures etc. Football is not immune to coronavirus And as the country is creeping back towards that R number at one Football's already febrile in this country Because of the, the ten in a row um, potential The last thing it needs is any more hysteria But the reality is to the fans who are Either want to stop 10 in a row Or looking to win 10 in a row for bragging rights Will take any advantage they can To try and get their club over the line If anyone would care to read the full transcript Of Jim Goodwin's press interview In this morning's newspapers He said that after the mauling That's my word, not his After the mauling that St Mirren got at Ibrooks, uh, The players weren't entirely unhappy To miss out on Celtic in their next game because they knew it would be an energy sapping evening for them against Celtic so they weren't entirely unhappy that's not the mark of a man who feels that his club have been punished or victimised yeah having said that that's that sort of one off example isn't it because of what followed next in, in St Mirren's fixture schedule if we if we were and I'm not saying we are, we are you would be looking to be bigger than that you'd be looking to try and have a, but a solution if, but, that fits everything but if the charge in isolation is St Mirren are the victims in this Not according to Jim Goodwin Alright thank you Alec In Somerset that rounds us off tonight What we are looking for though Is still another three players Who get capped by Scotland Since 2008 Whilst at Dundee United You've got Andy Robertson Andy Webster Paul Dixon Gary Kenneth Barry Robson Craig Conway And most recently Lawrence Shankland Three to get go Alright nope. oh, I was expecting nope. more No. Nope. Nope. It's a no go. Well, we've got five minutes. We need the. Uh, no, you've got. We need clues. We need Two clues. seconds. Oh wow. Okay. Um, initials. Anything. Went from Dundee United to Celtic with his pal. 
Ooh. Oh, come on. Gary Mackay, Stephen. Yes. And what about his pal? Stuart Armstrong. Nah, he's not one. Sorry. <laughs> Just Mackay, Stephen. Right, striker. Um, scored. I'm sure he scored for Scotland against then world champion Spain and now plays in our lower leagues. Now Spain. plays for Clyde. Stephen Smith. Now plays for Clyde. Oh, David Goodwillie. Did he score against Spain? Someone might tell me I'm talking absolute rubbish. I seem to remember something against Spain. Uh, right, midfielder. Um, I think he's still currently playing at Forfar. This is the hardest one. I knew you'd forget about this guy. Oh, holding or attacking midfielder? Oh, come on, yeah, more defensive probably. Yeah. Oh. The initials here, you like the initials, yeah. don't you? S R. Stuart. Scott. Scott Robertson. Scott Robertson. Scott Robertson. We kinda got there in the end. Thank you, Hugh and Daryl. Uh, we're back tomorrow, two o'clock. Uh, GBX Friday's up next. <laughs>